Hi there. I'm Osher Ginsberg, and this is Better Than Yesterday. Thanks for listening to this Friday episode. As you know, I put out three podcasts a week and um, have a great team that helps me make these, these shows. I need to pay them, so we have ads on this show. So you're about to hear a commercial, or not. So if you do hear a commercial, thanks for helping me pay Andy and Rachel. If you don't hear a commercial, we'll go straight to the theme music. Brilliant. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. Thanks so much for being here. I'm Osha Ginsberg. I'm, I'm glad you've made it here on this fr- fr- Friday, the 14th of February, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Well, look, let's be honest. You've got to make every day Valentine's Day if you want your relationship to last. Every day. I'm talking presents, surprises, little texts, photo messages, you name it. What can you do to make your partner feel like they're special and important? Just do it every day. That's it. Do it every day. Exciting night tonight if you happen to be in Sydney. Tonight and tomorrow night, I'm doing some gigs with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra, the beautiful Symphony Sydney Symphony Orchestra, uh, which is um, basically playing a whole lot of music from romantic films. And it's great. We did the first rehearsal today, and it's just so wonderful. And, you know, I... I really lament that some sometimes, you know, people may walk past an art gallery and go, oh, I'm not allowed in there because I don't know what a Dali is or I don't know what a romantic is or I don't know what an impressionist is so they don't go in and they don't appreciate art. Or similarly, they walk past the Opera House or the Queensland Performing Arts Centre or whatever it is and they go, oh, I don't belong in there because I don't know the difference between a, you know, a bassoon and a bass. Um... So I can't enjoy that because I haven't been given permission. I don't know enough about it. Bullshit. I give you permission to go into a gallery and just whatever the art makes you feel, that's the right thing. Similarly, when you want to go see a symphony orchestra, it doesn't matter if you don't know the names of the instruments. Sit in front of you sit in front of a hundred people all playing in unison, swelling incredibly complicated harmonies in a beautiful, beautiful hall. What you're feeling? That's the right thing you're feeling. That's it. Just go. It'll be great to see you. Like I said, tonight, tomorrow night, we're doing these shows. It'll be really, really good. Been a, um, oh, thanks for being here, by the way. This is the podcast called Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. If you've never listened before, I'm a TV and radio guy from uh, I'm Sydney, Australia. I'm currently sitting in front of, uh, we have a new house. I'm, I'm sitting in, in front and I'm watching one of my neighbours brilliantly kind of farm his excess red bin stuff all up and down the street. We've all done that. I did it last week with my green bin, the garden bin. I had way too much stuff. And so, but I, I don't have the balls this guy's got. This guy's like in broad daylight. 
but he's subscribing to the theory, which I, I agree with. He's subscribing to the theory that once the bin is out, fair game. Um, and yeah, he's going for it, man. He's just like wheeling bins up and down the street and repurposing and redistributing all the everything. I have a sneaking suspicion it's building waste and someone's saving money on a skip. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. I'm going to wait till after dark to get rid of my stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the occasional rainbow lorikeet flying by because it's the afternoon. Occasional car going by, which you may hear. Been a big week. My goodness. Q&A was on Monday night. If you haven't seen the episode, it'll be up on um, iView, which is the ABC, ABC Australia's viewing app. You may need a VPN if you live out of, out of the country. And it was extraordinary. It was extraordinary to be in the room. Hamish McDonald is very, very, very good at what he does. My goodness. He'll do that job until he doesn't want to. That's it. Like, that's the only reason he would ever not do that show. When he says, I don't want to do it anymore. Then that's it. I'm so thrilled for him. He did so, he's so good at it. I got there. I flew down to Melbourne and we were delayed. And I went and had some dinner with um, my friend before the show. He was kind enough to come with me and offer a bit of moral support because I called him up and said, hey, man, I've got to go and talk about climate stuff and I'm a bit wobbly. And he was kind enough to come. It was great. Uh, you know, because you know what it is. It's a big bloody deal for me to do that sort of thing or have done that sort of thing. And from where I've been on my journey, which you know about, if you've read my book or listened to this podcast, it was an enormous deal. And I've spoken about it the last few weeks. So I do the homework that was required and try and find ways to explain very complicated concepts about Kyoto carbon credits and, you know, the lifespan of coal-fired power stations and things like that. How do I get that out as quick as I can and explain a complicated situation as simply as possible? And thankfully, you know, through the week, Audrey was able to help me come up with a couple of interesting analogies and I was able to use those on Monday night to get some points across and they had some traction. And um, I was grateful that I had a chance to speak like that. And from what I can imagine, I, sp I spoke fairly reasonably and honestly with empathy and understanding. And that, you know, is evident from the kind of people that did reach out to me this week. Like, firstly, the people that I know that reached out to me, people I trust, people that I know are, are working very, very, very hard in this area, and people with PhDs, people who work on a massive kind of international government level in this area. People who know an awful lot about this stuff, they all kind of confirmed that, yep, you might have been using metaphor, but you're on the money that I spoke in, in, in facts and I conveyed a, a clear message of hope and action and, you know, potential abundance. And so that made me, okay, I trust you people, you guys and girls and men and women, you've been to university for decades of your life and you know what you're talking about and you gave me thumbs up. Happy days. And then there's the people that I don't know. First off, the people that you'd expect to hear from when you go on television and speak like I spoke about climate action. Um, you know, the Australian Member of Parliament, the famous climate denier, Chris Kelly, he talked about the episode we did in Parliament the next day during question time. Also, um, Mr Andrew Bolt made a whole show about the words I spoke to the young woman who was tears in her eyes so concerned about the inaction and, and the future that she didn't want to have kids and I kind of expect that kind of response 
But what I was absolutely fascinated with, and this is what I want to talk to you about, how quickly me and what I was talking about was attacked, started to get, you know, eroded, disqualified, called into question, discredited. It only took a couple of minutes. Um, it started with Instagram comments not long after the show went off air. People claiming to know the real person and I once saw that guy be incredibly rude to a, a Muslim family at a, at a Christmas concert in Canberra. Well, for one, I've never been to a Christmas concert in Canberra and two, if they were a Muslim family, I doubt they were there either. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. It's like, that's weird. It came out of nowhere, right? And then the Twitter started and it was fascinating watching the Twitter comments go from, you know, a bit of back and forth and, you know, kind of what looked like actual humans. Because like, I'm not, as you know, I'm not on Twitter on my phone anymore. I've taken it off my phone. I check it maybe once a day on a laptop. Um, and I was sitting in the hotel room after the show, just having a snack, um, just watching it all fly by. And I forgot how absolutely reactionary Twitter is. There was, you know, the unsurprising attacks from particularly well-known right-wing bullies. I won't say their names. Um, people who are in parliament. <laughs> Personal attacks. Like, crikey, mate, really? You don't even know me. But then just the scores. I'm talking hundreds of messages, responses, memes, all kinds of things. People viciously targeting me, calling me all kinds of names. Like, someone called me a doomer and a climatard. Hilarious. Accusing me of still having psychotic episodes. All like really pointed personal attacks and nearly all of them, nearly all of them coming from usernames that had, I don't know, like heaps of numbers at the end of them, almost like a random string of generated digits at the end of an, a name, which kind of led me to believe that they were either being, these comments were either being generated by bots or, you know, the same operator using multiple accounts to send out these messages. And, and you know, this is not a new thing. I'm not talking about the tinfoil hat on this thing is quite well documented. And it did get me thinking. If you didn't know what to look for and you weren't able to discern these accounts from actual real people, pretty quickly, you'd, you know, the moment you tweet out an opinion that I know, supports climate action or, I don't know, even questioning a narrative from the government about their climate policy, pretty soon you get just oodles of responses that would make you straight away like, why would, somebody, why would somebody say that? Like question your intelligence, question your sanity, question your grasp on the facts, grasp on reality. It'd be, it'd be really confusing if you started to engage with this stuff as if it was, you know, someone like yourself who's worthy. Because I guess on Twitter, we assume that another person who thinks about this as much as we do is typing back to us. No, they're not. And Audrey and I were talking about it. And the fact of the matter is, not all wars are fought with guns. There's a, there's a real chance that this tactic is, is a deliberate one, deliberately designed by some, I don't know who, but designed to confuse, to befuddle and confound people who are otherwise taking action into taking no action or get them so angry at something that they don't do anything in the end because they're too busy writing back and basically trying to put out a, 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 a win an argument with a, with a just someone who just wants to occupy them, burn out their emotional energy by getting into some sort of long-winded argument on Twitter and then at the end of the night they've got no, nothing left to then write a letter to their MP or take the recycling out. The short, I was having a think about it, and you know, I got to be thinking the short version, I guess, really is that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes Twitter reminds me of a, reminds me of a portaloo in the general section 
of the races at the end of a long day. You know, you you feel you need to go in there, so you, you kind of go in there and instantly you regret it because inside it looks like what started as harmless deposits of human output has become a shit-throwing death match being waged by robot monkeys. And their only desire is to infuriate you to a point where you forget what you came in to do in the first place. And even after you escape, you, you carry that angry confusion in your head and the stink of that infuriation with you for hours and it doesn't allow you to then take the kind of action that you would take in your day-to-day life and be the kind of person you'd normally be to your friends, your family. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. But unfortunately, like a toilet, I will need to go back in there sooner or later. <laughs> so if you're keen on being on Twitter, just try as hard as you can. Get on, get off. And don't engage with anyone that's kind of coming at you or trying to, you know, if someone wants to have an, you know, a conversation, then go for it. But if someone's trying to just deliberately bait you, don't engage, don't engage. Like I was walking the dogs the other night and, you know, this stuff was kind of swimming my head a bit. And I'm, I don't know, somewhere between watching the dogs walk in circles and picking up their poo, I was like, you know what? I give 100% no fucks at all. Absolutely zero fucks. That's really the only way to be about this stuff. Just understand that wading into that untreated sewage, expecting viable discourse, is a useless endeavour. Don't waste your energy on it. Just be on the lookout. If it looks deliberately designed to stoke an angry or irrational response out of you, it probably is. It's doing that to expend your energy that you would otherwise use being active and and moving in the direction of your values just don't engage don't engage with anyone that's either you know being deliberately inflammatory or or being dehumanizing there's two things i'd say about it well number one the best way to win a fight is to not be there and number two don't ever get in a fight with a pig the only thing that's going to get happy is you're going to get muddy and the pig will enjoy it so just don't do it don't get discouraged Get off Twitter if you can, when you don't need to be. Don't get discouraged. Keep active. Keep exercising. Keep up your mental health. Don't give up. Eat right. Connect with human beings that you care about. Do what you can where you are with what you have. There was one final question on Q&A, which we ran out of time to, to, to speak about, really. This question about leadership. And you know my thoughts on this. I don't know if the same person who has this set of skills and, you know, momentum that is required to not only steal but also hold on to the leadership of a major Australian political party, I don't know if that is the same person that has the same set of skills needed to lead our country through this transformative moment in our history. I don't think it's the same person and I don't think we're going to get that person in a hurry. So with that in mind... I hereby give you permission to be that leader. Lead your family, lead your friends, lead by example. Take steps where you can. Make one phone call, move your super away from fossil fuels. There's plenty of funds that do really, really well. I was looking at one fund today. It's done 23% in the last six months. Holy shit. That's a lot for a super fund. (laughs) Plenty of funds that don't go anywhere near fossil fuels and are doing incredibly well. Think about this. Electric cars are expected to hit price parity with petrol cars by 2024, or if not sooner. So plan 
that your next car will be electric. Make that plan, all right? If you want, you try and eat less meat, eat less dairy. That stuff really, really, really matters. Offset your air travel, recycle your soft plastics, do what you can. Talk to others about it. Normalize the conversation about this kind of day-to-day -day action. It's so, so important. And then do what you can to insulate yourselves from those who seek to confuse and derail you. Look to the leaders in the scientific field, you know, in the entrepreneurial space. Hang on. I think our dinner's here. Hello, mate. I do love a Deliveroo. Oh, I'm really happy that you're here. You got dinner ready? It's fantastic. Love it when the dinner man arrives. What are we looking at? Here we go, man. What's this one? Vietnamese? Yeah. Oh, Ripper. I think so. Yeah, buddy. That's it. Thank you. Oh, it looks like my kid wanted something different. Hey, buddy. What do you got there? Yeah. You got it. That's it. Thanks, guys. Ride safe. Ah, oh, what a world we live in. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I'm in the middle of talking to you about being as offset as you can be and two separate guys arrive with takeaway food. Ah, that's the fucking best. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Well, I don't know what to say about that. You do what you can with what you have when you can. That's the best. That's brilliant. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Try to remember that the world's pretty good. Try and offset what you can. Yeah, like the two Deliveroo scooters that just showed up. There's a website I go to for that sort of thing, in case you're wondering. And yeah, try to do what you can to insulate yourself from those who would want to, I don't know, befuddle you and make you waste your energy trying to figure out if you're correct or not and trying to gaslight you online. Just don't, don't go near it. Look, look to leaders in the scientific field and the entrepreneurial space and just remember things that are real. Remember what's real. Every state in Australia has committed to a net zero emissions by 2050. That's real, all right? Know that. And know for a fact that it's cheaper right now to deploy solar and wind than it is to build a new coal power station. So when Australia's current coal-fired power stations reach the end of their life, we're not putting new ones back. There's no way that's going to happen. No government can get away with that. And know that there's people working all over the world really smart people working all over the world as hard as they can to make this transition happen, to make transition towards renewable energy happen, to make climate adaption happen, and to make it as much as possible that we mitigate the damage we've been doing. God, I love rainbow lorikeets. They really are my favourite bird. And most of all, remember, you're not alone. You are not alone. 
Thank you so much for listening. I did want to say thanks for um, Melissa, who sent a beautiful email, email at gmail.com. She sent a photo of what she's looking at. This is a photo of the bush behind my work this morning after the rain over the weekend. There was a lot of rain in New South Wales. Listening to your Friday catch-up, I can hear water running in the creek below for the first time in many years. I know a lot of people got a bit too much water, Melissa, but yeah, it was pretty great to have that rain last week. And another really great one came from Emma, who sent a cracking picture, working on some black work embroidery, and it um, says be kind, and it's, uh, I guess, you know, the hexagons of a beehive and a bee, and it's B-double-E kind. It's very special. And... Um, just these two little feet poking in the bottom of the photo and it looks like it's her 17-month-old sleeping and snoring on her chest. It's raining and apart from this quick email, I'm screen-free and feeling very peaceful. Emma, I'm so grateful that I'm a part of your delightful rainy snoozy afternoon. I better get out of here before this dinner gets cold. Thank you, Andy Marr, my audio producer, for making this show. I thank you, Rachel Barrett, for being a complete legend and thank you, everybody, who reached out about Q&A. There was a lot of people that emailed really means a lot it really really means a lot I'm sitting in my front yard and we've got a jasmine plant that's literally growing in front of my eyes and it's pretty epic the cell division that's going on you can almost it's like a David Attenborough time lapse anyway I better go thanks heaps for listening I love you guys you're the best if you need anything send osher email at gmail.com thank you so much for being a part of the show and I will I'll talk to you next week until we speak then sleep well and dream of beautiful things (laughs) 